0: Episode ten, Bloodbeat.
1: Episode ten of Bat and Spider, Charles Forceman, Dale Underscore A. Happy tenth episode, Chuck.
2: Ten in the can, almost in the can. Just like that, we're opening. We're we're pouring the contents into the can right now. We're if it's like spinach or, yeah. or raspberry jelly, I don't know. But we're just starting to pour it in.
1: So it's been 10 plus weeks. Does it feel like that? It doesn't feel like that, right? No, it's gone by pretty fast. Yeah. I am uh, I can
2: see how people can rack up podcast episodes, mm-hmm. you know, pretty quickly um,
1: once you get into that groove. And we were thinking of not being timely with it. We were just going to release episodes when we felt like it.
2: And, you know, I mean, that might happen. We might have some weeks where we both, you know, something's happening in our lives. We got to take a week off. That's fine.
1: No biggie. It's just a podcast. But for these 10 eps, Chuck, <sighs> yeah, can't take that back. Mm-mm. What we have Mm-mm. in this can so far.
2: Might as well make a box out of the, these first 10. The memories we've made, transcribe these onto my tombstone every episode, please. <laughs> gonna be a big tombstone i plan on having a really large one
1: yeah absolutely a mausoleum can we
2: start fundraising for the bat and spider mausoleum yes so we can fit all of our us of course mm-hmm. we'll be like at the top like the the king and king yeah and then all of our families and then We'll like raffle off tickets for the rest to listeners. Yeah, they could buy their way in. Yeah,
1: our little crypt cre- creepers
2: with a little little um, speakers just running it, running episodes <laughs>
1: <Going>. on repeat. <laughs> yeah, the my, yeah that'll be like the um, the museum of history and demolition man with like that recorded <laughs> English person's voice. We'll get like audio book guy Simon Vance to just like narrate the, the legacy of Bat and spider yeah
2: i just imagine like our like grandkids walking in and just hearing like i say
1: bubes like
2: right when they like open the right. door to the ma- mausoleum
1: family just walks back out <laughs> me, and me i'm just talking about being the 14 years old and just needing so much of it in my life just non-stop that's all this podcast is you know yeah it's sickening anyway
2: Man. We got a we got a barn burner of an episode today. Oh, yeah. Um we watched Bloodbeat. Um Yeah. This was recommended by listener Tim. Um Tim, good good friend of the show. So we knew we were in for it um when he uh brought this up, so. Whew. Thank you Dale for picking this.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I mean Tim, you yeah, know, it came highly recommended, so right at the bottom of the show, we're going to be getting into Bloodbeat. It's going to be pretty epic. Tim uh, mm. you know. We trust him. Yeah. No. What can we say? Tim's earned our trust.
2: No doubt. No doubt. Um,
1: big news. My uh, vinegar syndrome shipment
2: has shipped. Oh. So I don't know if it's been handed over to the post office in Connecticut, but the label is created. There hasn't been a lot of movement. It's media mail. So, you know, the updates are iffy, but I don't know. I'm holding out. I'm holding out hope for maybe the end of the week. I don't it's know. It's pretty exciting. I don't know.
1: I got I got uh on my end of things.
2: hmm Oh.
1: it's four K uh copy of Jaws finally in my in Mine Hans mm. right here. You got that steel book Yeah,
2: got the steel book. Best buy exclusive. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so there's that. You can see the metallic
1: the metallic sheen on that. Did you uh watch that bad boy yet in four K? Uh no, I have not. I um I will be watching it in the next forty eight hours. But I yeah, I still have to uh technically reveal to my family that I purchased an Xbox One to watch this on and then I have to hook up the Xbox One. It's sitting in this room. It's just not hooked up yet. So it's not hooked up yet? No. Oh man. We're getting there. Whew. Um, next forty eight hours, something I'm, I'm thinking that time frame. That'll happen. Okay. All right. I'm I'm gonna check in.
2: Um yeah I don't know maybe every twelve hours see where we're at
1: with you on that did you um see anything else or do anything else uh chuck Ooh, this man. past
2: week um I have not been good on my letterbox I feel like I'm not <laughs> logging things too much oh you know what I watched um I watched two things recently I haven't talked about on the show first was light sleeper it's interesting um it's from ninety two and it's about a guy who's like a mid level high class drug dealer in manhattan mm-hmm. like he only deals to like you know rich white people basically um and but he doesn't use anymore and it's like it's sort of you know taxi driver adjacent where it's just like this lone guy he, he's not going insane but he's trying to figure out his life and he's like writing these diaries that he once he finishes one he throws it in the trash and starts another. <laughs> wow <laughs> um which is kind of a cool detail um, but yeah, I, it, it's an interesting movie. It, I gave it like three stars. It's, it's, um, I thought it was worth watching. Hmm. Uh, it's Willem Dafoe. You see, you, you see a lot of Willem Dafoe's sinewy body
1: in this, if you're into that. So Willem Dafoe is like um, Bruce Lee in that ah, he just doesn't have, he just doesn't have body fat. That guy.
2: I don't know how you get a body like that by just smoking cigarettes. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. Oh, oh, the other interesting thing is there's a very young Sam Rockwell in this movie and a very young David Spade. They just play like uh people buying drugs. Well. From, like they're in one scene each. So this is probably like Sam Rockwell's movie after the Ninja Turtles.
1: Yeah, it's it was this bridge between, you know, child, yeah. teenager, and maybe twenty year old or something. Um, and I also watch this movie Knife
2: plus Heart. Have you heard of this? No. It's a Shutter movie that is um oh yeah it's like a it's it's like a gay kind of giallo like it, it's just it's from 2018 um and it's like it's about these murders of all these uh all these actors that were in this gay porn are being murdered and offed by this like mass killer um and the director of that movie is also sort of like making a new porno that's based on what's happening <laughs> like in real time. I, unfortunately I didn't, it didn't really connect with me. I thought there was a lot of good ideas, but it felt too concerned with its, with the, like the atmosphere it was creating. And I just, mm-hmm. I didn't really care about what was happening in the story, um, mm. but it's, it's filled with great imagery, good music. Um It's, yeah. I think it's worth watching if you're in, if you want to see like a Neo giallo, um, I think it's, you know, it's got a lot of good stuff in it,
1: but it didn't really um, work for me. Should we jump into this, Dale? I think it's time to jump into Bloodbeat 1983. How do you even, Chuck?
2: Man, I don't know, but if you want me to try, I will just try. Let's try. I mean, let's try. A Bloodbeat. So this is the story of uh, a psychic-sensitive painter mom. She's like a bohemian hippie mom. Her kids come home for Christmas vacation, hang out in this very rural cabin that they live in. Uh, Her son brings um, his girlfriend, Sarah. Right off the bat, things are weird with Sarah and Mom. There's some psychic energy happening.
1: Yeah. I mean, so from zero to 60, psychic energy. Yeah. (laughs) Also, Mom has a boyfriend, Gary, who's like fucking gruff lumberjack
2: guy just trying to be a good boyfriend Hey, right. but but he's got a chip on his shoulder i'm just gonna say that right so we got this guy and man there's psychic energy flying there's possessed paintings happening there's food moving on shelves and eventually there's a samurai <laughs> <laughs> killing people um a glowing samurai uh, and the, and there's some psychic battles with energy from Mom's hands, yeah, Uh fighting the samurai. Um, and it's like I don't even know how to. It's kind. I get. It's kind of a slasher. Maybe maybe a little bit of a supernatural slasher. Kind of. It it's cool. Uh, um. But yeah, and it and it as the movie goes on, it gets more and more less concerned with giving a shit about explaining itself, and it's. It's almost about just getting a feeling on screen, which
0: mm-hmm.
2: yeah, good point. I'm all there for. Like that is my, that's my bread and butter there. <laughs> um, and man, this, you know, and that's the basic thing. That's basically it. They're, you know, I, I don't know how else to really describe it. You, you kind of just have to experience this one.
1: Honest to goodness. Yeah. It's uh, like, as, as you started to get going,
2: how how are you reacting to this? I was, I'm interested. Cause, cause I was like, I think I was on board pretty quickly. Um,
1: I dug it I, I had no idea like even reading the synopsis did not yeah. prepare me <laughs> for just the absolute craziness within and I, I mean it was craziness it was crazy I I, I loved it I loved it um, yeah. I, I always I feel like I always say I loved it I loved it and I then I was it. like a parrot I loved it but <laughs> it's true everything you read about the movie to try to make sense of it after i tried to read about the movie after i watched Mm -hmm. it to try to make sense of it but guess what you're not gonna (laughs) it's not gonna make sense and everybody tells you nothing yeah nothing you read is going to make you satisfied about this uh it's just the way it is um the mom in the middle of a wisconsin farmhouse a mom paints and has psychic energy, and somehow her and Gary have a thing Ugh. Gary's the Gary. step de- step boyfriend he's not the father of these children. um Gary hunts and and dress field dresses deer. i read that they purchased this deer from a farm mm. was this did they purchase the dead deer from the farm or did they hunt this deer for the film? Oh my. And why didn't they hunt a buck? I mean, this looked like a doe, like a six-month-old doe. Oh yeah, boy, I don't know. Is this? Are these like? That's a good point. I'm only used to white-tailed deer in South Jersey, mm-hmm. but maybe they're like, you know, I know there's like key deer in the Florida Keys who are smaller than regular than white tails. Maybe these are like Wisconsinonian smaller deer, but Man, I don't
2: know. I mean, I mean I, mean I mean, I don't. I don't know much about hunting and deer, but, but yeah, I mean, like the only ones I
1: see in the Northeast
2: are the white tails.
1: Um, yeah. And why isn't it, why is it doe season when they film this so they can only sh- yeah. kill a doe? I don't know, but. Yeah. By the way, the whole movie takes, it's, it's Christmas break.
2: Yeah. But there's no snow anywhere, like in Wisconsin, in rural Wisconsin when they shot this. There's no, you don't see people's breaths. It It, it
1: was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's no breath. I mean, I w- I assumed in Wisconsin it w- it would be cold. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah. What and what I couldn't stop thinking about during this movie, like mid movie to the climax. I mean, it, it it's been like 16 hours since these kids got home from Christmas break. <laughs> it's like, true. I was Not physically exhausted thinking about like Sarah, the girl Poor Sarah. The Girlfriend who comes home and immediately detects like psychic stuff. You know what I mean. Let's talk about Sarah because she
2: she's sort of our eyes through this whole, at least through the first half. We're sort of experiencing this through her because she's the new one in this uh, Roar community. This uh, right, uh, you know, she's way out here living.
1: Right, she's uh, put off by most. She's very put off by mom's behavior, which we are too. Yeah. The kids are not her kids. Um, Oh yeah.
2: Yeah. She, yeah. When, when mom and Sarah first meet each other, there is a, an awkward moment, like a stare off with awesome sound effects. Oh, totally. (laughs) Some synths, some synth stabs. (laughs) There's a lot of good, like, I don't know how to describe it. It sounds like someone hitting like a wire. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Making some crazy distorted synth sound. Um, We'll get to the soundtrack later, but oh, yeah, we should focus on that because that's another cool part of this. Um, but so Sarah, and she's yeah, she's just overwhelmed. Like she, obviously, she is like she is already mentally on edge. I think probably just like coming to meet her boyfriend's family. Mm-hmm. But she sees that deer in the front yard and Happy Go Lucky Gary, Gary, <laughs> and just scoops it out its like, innards. She she hasn't seen anything like that before, and it it. Yeah. It's not the best note for her
1: uh, yeah, <laughs> to start off. Right.
2: And then she meets mom, and they're like psychically fucking with each other. Like there's interference going on. Yeah, I mean- That's they the are, second thing.
1: Yeah, completely right off the bat, her brain is just mm-hmm. battling as soon as she gets out of the car, and mom is at the front step. Yeah. They are just- And then, inter- and then she's
2: got Ted- Horny Ted trying to get into her pants every living minute. I mean, that's a hallmark of these movies.
1: It, but. yeah, right. You're right. But sixteen hours. I mean, two hours in, <laughs> and he is just pawing at her. Ugh. Like she goes to take a, you know, a nap. She's a little upset by what just transpired mm-hmm. or something, and she can sense the paintings and everything else. And he is just like, you know, pawing. He's just, yeah. He's
2: he's his face is buried in her neck just me, me, yeah come on you know right but she I mean that's actually a good scene because she can't like she's trying to get into it and make out with her boyfriend but right she keeps saying she feels like mom is in the room watching them
1: right <laughs> I mean she is psychically like yeah
2: taxed I mean, we know mom is in the basement or somewhere painting right but she she feels mom watching her <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's like i feel she's in the room right now in the room with us oh,
3: come on sarah she's downstairs in her studio painting. i just feel it ted oh, i don't know where are you coming up with
1: you <laughs> and it, it what they what i think they try to describe is mom's a little bit of mom is in every painting she paints so she can like has like a gateway oh, right. into the room where Sarah' the paintings de-shirted because Ted just can't stop <laughs> and you know, like two two or three of the walls in the room are covered by Mom's paintings,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot that they keep showing the um the the paintings on the wall, and she's like kind of looking at them back and forth, man, yeah, that that that's an uncomfortable scene Whew. yeah and then and then to just push her over the edge <laughs> they take her hunting they get the whole family together minus mom and then and i think uncle uncle pete <laughs> and that yeah let's bring sarah along who is clearly distressed
1: by the you know the the field dressed deer in i mean the front yard. how excited did did dolly the the, the daughter get when, unc- when everybody found out that Uncle, uh, Uncle Pete CB'd his way uh, over and said, I'm coming over and we're going to hunt with the final yeah. couple hours of daylight we have. Yeah. That's, I mean, everybody was just so excited that they're going to go. Yeah. It was like
2: he was Santa Claus.
1: And they were- this was early. They were running, I mean, five of them in one group hunting. Just yeah. a group of thirsty. five people. I I don't, Yeah. When I was like 13, I went hunting two or three times. Um, I went through the, you know, I got my like my gun permit so I could shoot, a, you know, it was a whole thing mm-hmm. because my uncle Albert, not Uncle Pete, was a hunter. And I was like, oh, this might be cool to like hang. And I, yeah, Uncle Albert dropped me off and, and walked like 500 yards away from me. I was by myself. <laughs> These are like, there's five of them and they're running through the forest looking for their prey.
2: Yeah, it's like they're a platoon in Vietnam hunting <laughs> yeah. deer. Yeah. My favorite scene was the, uh, they get to like some fence. Um, oh, yeah. Which was a little suspect because they're like crossing, they're obviously crossing in or in yeah.
1: out of somebody's land. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was like, what? Well, this is like not. Deer. Yeah. yeah. This is not, but it's this an, was not here yeah. uh, for yeah, yeah. production purposes, this barbed no. wire fence.
2: And it's just a hilarious, awkward shot of all five of them. Very in various different ways, getting under this fence. Some of them do a a fancy
1: tumble. <laughs> yeah. Some just crawl. It, it's hilarious. <laughs> Sarah's like, "What are we doing right now?" They're like you know, doused. They're probably all doused in deer urine to for, to blend in with the uh, their surroundings. Just like bottles of deer urine back at the barn, and they're just sloshing oh, her all around. Sarah's a, she's just like she's like, "What are we doing?" Trying right now? to not puke in the yeah. car. She's just she's like, like "What's worse, like getting forced to." Uh, do it with Ted in in his old bedroom, or taking a bath with in his deer urine and going f- hunting with five other people.
2: <laughs> do you ever have sex with your mom, psychically watching you?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's just
2: what mom Fuck does, it. Ted. Um, God, yeah. And this, this, this is where it really pushes Sarah over the edge, and she, it's, it's actually this great scene, this tension builder of like they show some deer coming in and everyone is at the ready all the whole platoon has their guns and bows and arrows out there ready um and but sarah is just like the music's building she's looking at them she's looking at the deer and like you know she's going to just going to ruin it um and i was like rooting for
1: her i was yeah. like yeah ruin yeah. it <laughs> please like please ruin it before yeah. one deer gets Shot. Yeah. Please. You didn't even eat the one that's hanging at the house. I know. Like,
2: can we just deal with that one first? Yeah. Anyway. Um, but it's a pretty great scene. Like the tension builds yeah. and she finally she just screams no! and just runs away and the deer run away and uh everyone's pissed off. Oh <laughs> like,
1: my god, god damn it. Yeah, they <laughs> so are so, angry. so over it like you brought her
2: yeah you brought her like
1: she obviously didn't want to be there you brought her i mean you she's got in her like, hand yeah from the moment they step outside to go on this hunting trip she is quite literally like a deer in the headlight she has no idea what's yeah. about to transpire nobody explains to her anything
0: Mm-mm. so
1: Mm-mm. to see for the first time uh archer gary pull back his compound bow ready to just put one in the side <laughs> of a deer with this you know quad tipped you can't remove this sucker the same yeah. way it came arrow she sarah's like panicking yeah not not a good situation she doesn't want to see a deer get ripped to shreds from the inside you know from the inside Mm-mm. from a, from one of these arrows oh gary gary just trying to i mean gary you want to talk about water and oil Gary and Mom. Gary and Kathy. Oh. Just completely. God.
2: So yeah, that's the other that's the other shoe that that needs to drop in this whole situation. Gary and Mom are not seeing eye to eye. Um Gary clearly wants to get married. He's having a blast. He loves he it. He loves Kathy, loves it, Kathy. Loves her kids. Yeah. Just wants wants to make it permanent, you know? Yeah. As you know, a lot of humans do uh but kathy's not into it you know she she's been down this road before she's you know yeah she, she's been married obviously and she's like you know,
1: you know what gary I,
2: no mm-mm. yeah she's mm-mm. not feeling it no
1: and you know what she 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 the conversation that they had they've she's made that known previously like yeah. this is the same conversation that they've had yeah so nothing's Gary's changed Gary. the wall Gary's a simple yeah. man with simple tastes. Linda Ronstadt hunting. <laughs> field dressing. Field dressing deer. Watching
2: TV with headphones. Man. Which is another shocking scene. We're gonna get there. We'll get there. All right. Um, hero. <laughs> Gary, my hero. Uh and yeah, and then they have a fight. Like the after the whole family gets there. Gary and mom have a huge fight. Um, and this house is like I mean, this this is like a hunting cabin. Like I can't imagine those walls are very thick. Yeah, no.
1: Yeah. And they're having a screaming match. Yeah. Um This is like old house, like horsehair plaster walls house, yeah. you know. Gary's
2: just had it. He's had it with Kathy. He just wants to be her man. And she's just I you know I I think she wants to dump him. I think she does confide in Ted or Dolly or someone that she's like I can't do this anymore. I'm oh yeah, get rid of this loser. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it just you know she hasn't worked up the nerve yet. Yeah. So they have man they have this big blow up fight. Um, when she's trying to paint, what was the what was the trigger of that? Oh, he just like asked her how she was right or like what she's thinking about, and she just shuts him out, and this set
1: Gary off. Yeah, he lost it lost it he's yeah he's and tired he, of being shut out
2: he played man he whoo he's a master of playing the victim that gary he turned it right around mm. and made it seem like she was oppressing him
1: <laughs> yeah yeah in this relationship yeah i mean he did yeah exactly and he made it more so because he was so violent yet not physical like he yeah, wasn't menacing yeah, yeah. But he still raised his voice and, mm-hmm. you know, was voicing that. So it still made her look like the bad guy because she didn't bite. You know what I mean? Like she wasn't giving in to him having a little uh, hissy fit. Like she, he was throwing a fit and she still wouldn't give him what, it, what he wanted. He wanted to fight. Yeah. And she was just like, you know, not having it. No. She's having psychic issues. She's, if she's psychically on a psychic level. She's yeah. either murdering she's, people with Japanese armor, or she's uh, just you know. She's got. We don't she's know got yet. This
2: new girl in the house
1: that is just setting off all kinds of psychic alarms. Yeah, you know. This is why she moved. This is why she moved and hides in the middle of Wisconsin because of this. Fe- you know, these yeah. feelings.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: yeah, man, and and the argument ends with like Gary. Like I thought he was going to leave the house. Like I thought he was like that's it we're through but he just uh he stumps out into the living room (laughs) while the kids are playing monopoly he sits next to them gets his little um orphaned couch (laughs) orphan that's a great word props it it. against the fireplace like the brick mantle plate yeah the fireplace puts on these giant headphones that are connected to a little tv Mm. And just crouches there. Do they show what he's watching? I I, I kind of figured it was sports or something. But. Yeah, they
1: don't they don't show. Um, but I will interject at this moment, like, please. This was, I I love the movie even more at this point because <laughs> you mentioned the orphan couch cushion. The yes. orphan couch, like this whole process of what just went down. The orphan couch cushion on the back of it is like split down the middle. Because it's, because previous to even this movie, it's been sat in the same spot against the same brick fireplace. Like yeah. everything is so lived in and yes, it's just like, wow, <laughs> this is a movie, but Gary is, like he's sitting on this this cushion, like has been sat there probably for five years, the same cushion with somebody like tucked up right next to the TV like that. Like, it, it's almost like they just rented this house that was being lived in
2: I know, yeah.
1: for the movie. And and it was yeah. that couch cushion <laughs> that like, made me fall in love with the whole yeah. thing. It was like, hey, like this is Gary's,
2: like maybe it came from his favorite couch that they finally had to throw out, but he found a use to keep his favorite cushion. I know.
1: From his favorite couch. It's not because. And he's not because yeah. he, he's not sitting there this one time because his house is full of people now. He sits there every night. You can tell he sits there every night because mm-hmm. the TV's small and the cushion is like one with that brick wall. Yeah.
2: And I could see it being in a situation that, that that's why he watches TV with headphones is that I could see Kathy being the sort of woman who doesn't even want a TV in her home you know she's like yeah. artsy fartsy bohemian she probably is like yeah. but gary you know gary's she wears that mexican poncho like we poncho. said he's a simple guy yeah so it was probably like their their uh that was the deal it was like he can watch tv with headphones right on, on his yes weird cushion
1: <laughs> to this day i yearn to have a tv yeah. with like li- like quality enough headphones to where i'm not waking up the person next to me in bed you know what i mean god yeah like oh, i yeah. can't have my volume on like number 3 because once the high voices get high, my wife's like, oh, what's wrong? And it's like, mm-hmm. n- not everything has got to be like this panic just because I'm trying to watch yeah. TV.
2: And all the while, Gary is hunting with deer with headphones on. He's he's doing fine. Yeah. He's got it figured out. He does. Is what what we're saying. Yeah. No matter how much I hate Gary, I, I think I hate him even more because he knows who he is.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Ex- yeah. Exactly. Chuck.
2: It, and I'm jealous. Yeah you know? Right. What was the, did the cat have a name? They oh, had a house cat.
1: I love this cat. I love this cat deal. This cat, another thing, this cat was so natural at being on camera. So this good. cat was like part of this house. Mm-hmm. He was just, the it, cat was, I think when, yeah. that was amazing. The kids are sitting there. I mean, the, when we say kids, they're 20 years old, yeah. but they're yeah. sitting <laughs> on the floor playing Monopoly and this cat's just laying right next to him. Like licking or like He's, licking itself. Yeah.
2: I think it, the cat's even on the board as they're setting oh, it up. Oh my God. I love which it. Which just made me be like, yes, yeah, this is what a house cat does. You fucking put a square down, that cat is going to lay on it and lick itself or like, you know. Yes. Oh, exactly. I love this cat. It's
1: amazing. It's an amazing cat. God.
2: Um, And yeah, I think this is about where things really
1: start to amp up. Um. Yeah, my next, my next note, I just looked at my notes, next note, Sarah has a long ass night. No one is watching out for Sarah in this. No, uh, this whole time, Sarah is alone in the room, just like, trying to rest her head. My like, kids are playing Monopoly, Gary's watching TV, cat's there, laying there, mom mm-hmm. is on the couch, I think.
2: Yeah, I think she comes up from painting and she's just sitting on the couch, but not really talking to anyone (laughs) she's still fighting a battle that we're not privy to yet um yeah and this is where some japanese history makes its way into this rural illinois story um sarah she starts pawing through a chest that's next to the bed and she opens it and we see like japanese armor and a sword and it's very random, but it, but in my, you know, when
1: this scene happened, I was like cheering. I was like, yes.
2: Yeah. Like, like now I really don't know what's going to happen next.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Whatever's about to go down. I mean, we, what we've seen so far is just pure Wisconsin vanilla. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like hunting. Yeah. Maybe the mom's a little weird, but now we got mm-hmm. Japanese samurai armor <laughs> in the mix. And a great shot. Like she's in the, sitting on the moonlight on this, you yeah. know, single size bed. So, Sarah pulls out the trunk, the armor in the trunk, and it just, she just looks at it, right?
2: But Ted and his mom end up in the room, and she's like, she starts talking about this
1: armor. <laughs> and and they're like, there's no armor in here.
2: Yeah. And they, they look, and there's, no, there's nothing, there's no chest, but, there's nothing.
1: But the way it's played is great, because the mom's so cagey about it, you don't know what mm-hmm. the, what to believe, or who to believe
2: good god and then i think the movie starts it sort of moves into slasher territory where we start getting pov shots yeah with heavy breathing under a mask and um glimpses of a glowing samurai sword
1: which is uh, yeah so yeah it it gets you start you say it starts going into that territory but it also mm-hmm. like takes on this psychic like this psychic mm-hmm. slasher mm-hmm with yeah. With nineteen eighty two heavy like when Chuck mentions the blue glow, like it is like Good they God. edit it and post somehow, and it is barely serviceable, but it's amazing again, I'm not an expert, but it looks like to me they
2: they airbrushed onto film
1: right and and every um, so every cell or something they try yeah. to just make the outline.
2: But they only did like two or three frames and just repeated it. So like, oh, yeah. like maybe they matched up what was supposed to be glowing for one part of the scene, but you yeah. could see it like moving to <laughs> yeah. sort of like get there. It didn't really work, but but I loved it. Yeah, oh my god, it was god, such a good that effect. Blue glow. So good. Oh, it charmed my pants mm-hmm. off.
1: And the POV shot um, is uh, of this samurai warrior. Moseying on over to the next door neighbor's house, which just happens to have the most unlikable husband of the husband oh and wife God. pair. I mean, Ugh. he is a straight d bag to his okay. lovely wife. Yeah, we got to talk about this Chuck- scene. There's so
2: much to talk. About. Get into it. Gotta get into it. Yeah, you're right. D bag. He he comes to
1: bed with his, his wife's already getting ready for right. bed. He's got these. Well, first of all, he's got these thick cabin socks on. <laughs> They're disgusting. Get him out of the bed. Yeah. Sickening. Dude's wearing his baseball
2: cap. Get him out bed. of the bed. To bed. He gets in bed. Doesn't even think about taking his hat off. It's just sitting there. Yeah. Uh. Thirdly, it's a water bed. I mean. He probably made his wife buy an effing water yeah. bed. And they're suffering. Their backs are probably just, just a mess. Right. Having to sleep on this thing every night.
1: Um, this is our second movie in as many weeks that features a waterbed I know it's
2: crazy <laughs> it's I guess it's it was part of the time mm-hmm. waterbeds were big um, and then this scumbag just orders his wife to make him
1: tea oh piece of shit it was ugly um, cabin socks
2: and then he's incensed because she forgot his orange juice to go along with his tea
1: which So, he orders her to go get his orange juice. So, which is code. We're just finding out now, us, the audience, that when he requests tea, it also means orange juice, too, because he didn't yeah. ask for orange juice. No, 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 no.
2: But I imagine this is a nightly occurrence. Right.
1: And he. Yeah. But at this point, Chuck, before the mayhem starts, what is she specifically doing in the kitchen that does not include orange juice? It's like this... <laughs> What is it, Metamucil or Ajax? (laughs) I thought that was the orange
2: juice, Dale. I thought it was from Concentrate. But she doesn't make it back with his orange juice. She gets jacked up yeah, by our um, metaphysical samurai. Yeah. Um, Afraid so. And then all of a sudden, dude is like all concerned because his wife's not coming back into the bedroom. Right. So he gets his A up out of the bed.
1: With his, like, the front of his socks flapping around in front of his toes so bad. Like, oh, this pull guy, your socks up, I dude. Hate. Or take them off. He just takes off. Does he see the
2: samurai at all? Or he just he just, he, yeah, he must see yeah, the samurai. Yeah, I think he's he, like, probably just like, what? Yeah, yeah. So, he just takes off and runs to the neighbor's house. And all the while, things are getting crazy over there. Oh, yeah. I mean. Um, this is this is where like the whole, this turns into like poltergeist mode. Um, and this move and they did a good job with this, I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a bunch of shots of like things in the house being shaken. Oh, yeah. The TV changing channels, food falling off the shelves. It's insane. Like doors and yeah. windows closing and opening.
1: And more. It's really cool. More like love for the house. That was, there was, um, <laughs> because of some of the cabinets, one of the cabinets was like one of those old like potato bins. It was like this oh, fold out yeah. full size cabinet that's like uh, flopped out and it was like moving in and out, in and out, in and <sighs> out during this psychic episode. Like just the uh, the stuff I picked up on that was going on in the kitchen, like of the old construction of the old oh, kitchen man. and stuff like that, and. Sarah's upstairs. Is she thrashing around at this point? Yeah, so at this... Or is she downstairs? I mean, at this point, so every time the samurai warrior makes a kill, like, basically, Sarah orgasms, right? She is at the height of climax. Like, she is sharing with this samurai warrior that just shows up in Wisconsin, like, this weird sexual energy that every Mm -hmm. time the, the, the samurai is close to killing, like, she starts gyrating big time.
2: Yeah, and it happens where she's alone in bed, but it also happens while her and Ted are right doing it.
1: Yeah. And all of a sudden Ted thinks he's Adonis, like he's uh just yeah, yeah. god's <laughs> gift to women because it just so happens that the samurai yeah. is k- killing someone at the time that she's on mount- on top of him.
2: <laughs> Little does he know t- like Ted yeah, Ted doesn't have half, half of what she needs, yeah. you know. And and at the reveal of the the orgasm intermingling with the samurai kills that was the point where i thought did do i have like a twin out there who who wrote this movie <laughs> like like i i was like yes, yes. this is my thing <laughs> this is awesome it just is it's just like this is what's happening like this is just a part of this world and yeah it's- It it's awesome, and it was
1: more like I I mentioned Driller Killer earlier, but during this time, Mm. there's this like weird mix between this awesome synth and this classical music that's like like baselining the whole movie practically. There's just always something playing that's just contributing to the ambiance.
2: I keep forgetting that it's just one day, like because yeah, I think because Sarah spends so much time in and out of bed, like I keep thinking (laughs) like oh it's there's been a few nights here, (laughs) but Cause she's just always in there thrashing about, yeah.
1: Right? She, I mean, if she gets up on her feet and comes out for five minutes, it she's got to go back immediately because something else yeah. happens and she's got to go back and yeah, lay it's down. It's too weird out there, it's like rotten luck. <laughs> oh, oh, and our, our
2: is the cat's name Sam? I don't know why they think the cat's name is Sam, I don't even know if they say that the cat's name, but. But during the poltergeist scene, there's a great little quick shot of Sam hiding in the in like a shelf. Oh, really? Like in a cupboard. I didn't yeah. see Sam. It, it was a great little detail. Oh. They threw him in there, as, like for a reaction to what was happening. It was great. There's more killing. There's like random killings of people camping. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. The glowing sword guy, you know, along with the orgasms, and it ends with uh, oh the neighbor. He like makes it to their house, but he just crashes through the door and his bloody
1: head. Yeah, which is... And that's when S really pops scene. off like the house is on high <laughs> alert now at this point. Like, yeah, yeah. If they didn't believe something wasn't going down before, yeah, it's, it's officially going down. God, when do, when does mom's hands start glowing?
2: When does her she start getting the glowy hands? Oh, uh, yeah, it's, it's around this time. Is that time. around this time? Yeah. And I think the samurai starts showing up in the house.
1: Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's all oh. around this time. The mom's like... The, the cabinets are going nuts. Her mom's hands. Officially, mom has psychic abilities now because the yeah. red pulsating from her two hands are just, I mean, they are prevalent.
2: Yeah. They they did the color-coded yeah. uh, glow. I do like that. Like it,
1: the bad glow is blue
2: and the good glow right. is red.
1: Reverse the Star Wars thing. But, right. And, and um, it throws you off in the beginning because you just think like mom's sure. nuts.
2: Yeah. For sure.
1: Ted, I think, is sleeping from his wild night of making love, and <laughs> they just, Gary lets the dead body just, like, rest out on the front lawn for the night, because then we pick <laughs> yeah. up again in the morning, and Gary's, <laughs> like, uh, wants to go to, where's he gonna take the dead
2: body? I know, he's, like, lovingly strapping the neighbor's body into his
1: flatbed truck. Yeah, he's, like, making sure he doesn't crush his socked feet.
2: Yeah. Uh, again no phone so i guess he was just going to drive to the nearest police station I don't <laughs> right know. yeah and be like hey here's another body for you no it wasn't the
1: poachers <laughs> right you sure gary <laughs> okay and uh and then the truck doesn't work so off camera he straps the dead body to a horse <laughs> <laughs> does he yeah he's like oh the truck's not working i'm going to have to take the horse what oh, maybe just God. go get ride and get help don't take the body anywhere (laughs) he he needed to take the body right he needed it and ted is um like hunting right yeah what was he doing like did maybe
2: he thought he was gonna find the samurai Uh, oh yeah
1: maybe he wasn't hunting doe he was hunting samurai maybe
2: yeah yeah i don't know that that was a little weird because he just sort of like leaves the house um with a gun. <laughs> and then Dolly follows in. It, now, I want to get the elephant out, out of the way here. Dolly, she's wearing leg warmers and no pants. I uh, mean, this is I Dolly's know, wardrobe. You know. Yeah. A, Might be one of the reasons I like this movie, but right. it's it's a small reason, It is. A cho- I mean, it is there. a
1: choice. It is a matter of taste. It's, but Yeah. Interesting
2: choice. I don't know what they, you know, they were probably thinking slasher we need I yeah it was a cool little number yeah. though yeah um and yeah so she's she she goes to find ted and then i guess they see the samurai because they they start freaking out and they're hiding behind a tree and gary gary turns his horse around mm-hmm. and grabs an axe. does he grab an axe yeah. yeah he grabs an axe and runs to them and they're like it's a funny scene because like, I guess, I don't know if they didn't have the samurai on set <laughs> or like someone to wear it because they're just like, they're never in the same shot. <laughs> yeah. they're, it's the three of them huddling uh behind like a stump and then the samurai like coming close. Oh, we didn't mention the cool samurai vision, the POV shots. Sometimes it was like kind of like predatory. Like it was like this red and blue kind of like distorted vision mm-hmm. you know it was almost like heat vision kind of and that looked really cool um but yeah so the samurai comes up upon them and gary gives him a good axing yeah and he collapses like obi-wan kenobi
1: <laughs> yeah that's right it just flump yeah. flumps into a pile of samurai yeah. armor
2: yeah just the armor and the sworder left yeah and so they uh whew, Man, they think it's done. They think it's over. They pick up all the stuff Mm -hmm. and bring it back to the house. And Kathy's like, No, burn it. It's evil. Yeah. (laughs) When she sees the samurai armor, she's like, Burn it. Yeah. And he's like, No, I got to show my friends at the police station. They're going to want to see this. (laughs) I know.
1: Like, you know, for one, maybe it's not over. There's no dead body in that armor that just murdered Mm -hmm. your neighbors. So maybe it's not (laughs) over and or. Maybe just keep your distance. Maybe tie it up to the tree. You know, yeah. something. <laughs> yeah, put it
2: next to the Don't deer. Bring it in the house. Um, there's a scene in the end here that I was hoping you might be able to shed some light on. Sarah back up in her her bedroom hovel. Yeah, she starts psychically burning a photo of a child in that room. Uh. And I and Ted comes in, he's like, What the F are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Um and I don't understand this. Like, was the child supposed to be Kathy as a kid?
1: That's like the only thing I could think right. of. Right. Chuck, you come to me seeking these answers, my friend, and yeah. uh, you know, I, I would have this is a question that I would have <laughs> posed to you right back. Um Is it Kathy's childhood picture? You know. Maybe. I, I don't know. I thought yeah, I, I had several theories, and I had no idea, like, why I was pursuing them. But, like, I'm like, is this mm. a, some dead third kid? Before I knew that mm. Sarah was more involved, I was like, is this some dead sister that, you know, is, like, in spirit or something? I didn't know what the heck was going on. Especially yeah. because... um I don't think the kid's picture had the same color hair as the mom. So like, oh. I was like, hmm. well, if you're, if it's the mom's picture as a kid, maybe just pick out a kid. That's the same hair color just for movie purposes. You know what I mean? Like to make <laughs> yeah. it easier for us. <laughs> and then there's that cool ass shot.
2: Somehow she gets a hold of the armor and is it Kathy and Ted that go into the room and they find her and she's, She's got like half the armor on and she's applying makeup. Like, like it, I guess it's like Japanese warrior makeup. Oh, and it, and she just turns and looks and I was like, yes, what a shot. And it's pretty quick. Like they don't linger on it too yeah, much. Yeah, but it
1: was so dope. Like mm-hmm. it was so awesome. This shot. Yeah. And she, and it's just like, <laughs> whoa, okay. This, uh, like it's her. You know what I mean? And like, yeah. she, you know, she's powering this Japanese armor from afar, but now they become one. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they're in the same location at the same time.
2: And now this this leads to like the big standoff between Sarah slash Samurai and Kathy. And they have glowing hand battles. Um, I think they do it in Kathy's painting studio. We should also say Kathy, there was... There was a cool scene where she was like possessed by whatever, and she was like she ended up painting this picture of the of the samurai. So yeah, they have it out—the big battle, samurai and mom. Crazy. Um, but samurai overpowers mom, right?
1: Yeah, and
2: kills her. Kills mom. Kills Gary. Yeah. Kills Gary. Oh yeah, how did Gary kills die? Kills <laughs> I was tr- I was trying to remember how Gary. Ger- yeah, poor Gary. Is he like on the lawn? He's like suffering from the mental, from the psychic battle. I, I remember a scene of him like, he's like on his knees, like holding his head. Like, <laughs> yeah. I think he's just like psychic collateral damage from the the psychic right. war. It's <laughs> awesome. Psychic war. And then, holy shit, it's not over. Fucking Ted and Dolly join hands like, uh, uh, like what are they? The, uh, like the Wonder Twins. The Wonder Twins, yeah. yeah. And man, they're,
1: their hands start glowing. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, it's 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 so badass because they just witnessed their mom dying. Yeah, yeah. Like,
2: Ted's, like, standing there, like, oh, right. my God, my mom just died.
1: So, after, you know, 20-some years or whatever, them mm. never knowing that what, for one, their mom was, for two, if they yeah. had anything like it. They both manifest their psychic powers <laughs> at the same time. Just in time. Combined <laughs> brother-sister to fight the evil. God. I got chills. I just got chills. Because they, and so, the, like, they all have their glowing red hands now, and they're they're done. They're not taken anymore. mm And they have
2: twice the power that that samurai has. And, man, they, I almost forgot, they... They cut in stock World War II, World War II footage somewhere in this movie. <laughs> That's the other thing. So they do like again, they're not worried about explaining this, but talking with my with Tim, kinda of had a theory that maybe maybe Kathy's dad or someone went to war and brought this samurai suit and and soared back, and it was like cursed or something. You know, it had a spirit imbued into it, um, and that was what was like stalking people. Um, because they do show like that black and white stock footage of World War II. Like it, yeah, was and it was connected. To it was
1: clearly like U.S. and Japanese stock footage, mm-hmm. so yeah. it wasn't just one sided. So there was some like mm. there's implications there that it was had something to do with the U.S. and Japan. During the yeah. war,
2: I want to be on Fabrice's level. I want to, I want to, I wish I could have been in the room, like the editing room. <laughs> he, right. You know, he's on his like 20th hand rolled cigarette and he's like, he's.
1: I got it. Oh, yeah. Le, totally. Let's stock footage.
2: <laughs> and he like runs to the, the stock footage room.
1: Fabrice did state getting old newsreels that the t- film's title Bloodbeat is a reference to the accelerated heartbeat experienced while high. <laughs> oh, my God. Because he was high during at least some of the writing process, he says. <laughs> oh, my God. So, I mean, you know, so when you just said the 20th cigarette, you know he was just like up for oh, for oh. 54 hours at a time. You know what I mean? Just like. Oh, yeah. Just probably a young yeah, man. Yeah, just burning. In his
2: prime stuff. You know his American cousin is going to give yeah. him twenty thousand dollars to make a movie. This is his chance.
1: Mm-hmm. Burn the candles at both ends and loving every minute of it.
0: <laughs> oh God!
1: And it's uh, it ends on a great
2: note of our um, our two uh, uh brother and sister. Just they walk out the door. Everyone else is dead, sadly, mm-hmm. and they just they just walk just, they just walk yeah, away. That's it. And uh, some cool music plays. The credits roll.
1: I mean i love this it was a fantastic it was a great movie
2: i love this movie i i, I was thoroughly blown away yeah. i um i didn't expect it i thought i was in for a hum-ho slasher mm-hmm. um but man this thing just surprised me at every turn and it didn't yeah but it also like for like how amateurish it was it also I mean, like we said, it wasn't explaining everything, like it didn't make me feel like an idiot. like it was just like, we're just going to hand you yeah. this cool set of circumstances and let you experience yeah. it. yeah, not, exactly. not yeah, not hit you over the head right. with anything, but just sort of be bear witness
1: and and it was and it was also like bear witness to the ambition, right? I mean, because they did what they could with the budget they could, they told the story they could with the time allotted. You know, I'm sure mm-hmm. there might have been a lot more that Fabrice and Crew would have loved to do, but this is what mm-hmm. they did. And it was yeah. just ambitious as hell. Like the whole inclusion of the whole psychic and not just <sighs> I know, you know, just mom being uneasy in the beginning, but it was like the whole movie was based on just psychic abilities, right? It just turned out to be yes. like more um fluid and and like for film like i usually like
2: get really bored with psychic stuff in movies mm-hmm. but in this it was so purely done and without question right and no there was no like psychologist on hand explaining yes. what they think was right. going on like it was just happening and it was just a simple like good versus evil psychic energy battle
1: and i was like yeah That's all this needs to be. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Just enjoy it. And I mean, even down to the fact that it was just red graphics and blue graphics around the Mm -hmm. hands. It wasn't like mom's nose and ears started bleeding and her head was Mm -hmm. vibrating. It was just like, guess what? She's got red fucking powers coming out of her hands. And and Sarah's got blue powers coming out of her hands. Imagine
2: those actors on set, like Fabrici's trying to explain what he's going to do in post
1: to the film, you know? (laughs) And they're just pretending that their hands are glowing. It's (laughs)
2: 1982.
1: Yeah. It's like, good Lord. That was Bloodbeat 1982 on the hot recommendations of one uh, Tim friend of the show. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Tim. We we owe you one.
2: We'll be sending you a basket of uh, bat and spider cookies.
1: But people can send us things, right, Dale? People can send us things, Chuck. They can send us emails, they can send us voicemails, they can send us voice memos. Uh, we have an email address, spiderpod at gmail.com. We have a phone number, 315-544-0966. We have a couple voicemails this week, Chuck. We have a couple other things.
4: Bat and Spider. Hey, guys. <laughs> Corey, um, this is my call about Tales from the Crypt and the Crypt Keeper's Coffin episode. Just going to send you guys some photos of a Tales from the Crypt official archives book that came out that has like a history of EC Comics and a TV series. I'm not sure of the availability of it. I want to say it was a bargain book for a long time. It's a really cool hardback. It even has some nice uh, reproduction of the old paper for the comics in there, but Dale, you are correct on your thoughts on the um, intro being miniature. In the section mm. from the book called Inviting the Audience into the Crypt, it says, The haunted house is about the size of an 18th hole on a miniature golf course. The Lilliputian Victorian mansion was created by Richard Edlund's effects studio, Boss Film, an alumnus of George Lucas's ILM, who began as a cameraman on Star Wars, blah, 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 Anyway, so yeah, it was uh, very tiny, and they wanted to capture that feeling of walking into a haunted house with, like, a handheld video camera. So, and they, um, anyway, lots of great cool tidbits and facts and things about the Crypt Keeper and little diagrams of how the puppet works and all sorts of cool stuff. The book is a must-have. Um, I would have to say, if I were to think of a favorite episode of mine, would maybe be the Don Rickles episode, The Ventriloquist Dummy. (laughs) That one is really great. Um, Lower Birth, (laughs) which is a really great one, too. You may remember it takes place in a freak show. There's a mummy, Enoch, the two-faced boy. Really great stuff. Uh, There's so many great episodes. I'm really stoked you guys are covering these in depth. Um, So, Great. Yeah, that's it for today, guys. I will probably be calling again. Thanks again. Bye.
2: Oh, uh, Corey. Listener Corey, thank you so much for calling in. Um yeah, and that that book. That's gonna be a mission, I feel like, for us I to know. get that book.
1: Corey, I think we it's funny. We just talked about uh, it on the most recent Tales from the Crypt episode and I spoke to it and uh we're playing your voicemail after I spoke about it, but yes. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. thank you for those pictures. That's pretty dope. And that little bit of trivia. If you guys out there ever come across that book, let Bat and Spider know because we are on the hunt.
2: On the hunt. We're, we're hot and ready. And actually, Dale, I'm going to pause this because Corey is the one who sent us our very first physical package. What? And he, he, did a, he did a cool <laughs> little uh, rendition of, of our name, Bat and Spider. Amazing. On this, um, this, this Scotch bubble mailer. Um, I'm gonna open this live on the air See what we got here
1: Corey's envelope art That was pretty dope, Corey Chuck is opening this Bubble mailer As we speak He just got out some sort of letter opener Or scissors
2: Scissors Gonna cut this scissors. thing open
1: There you go Let's give it a smell Oh
2: I know what it is by the smell Yes, Chuck
1: Yes <laughs> Ooh. It's
2: a big old stack of comics. books. all right, holy moly! So what do we got here? Oh my gosh, got some Magnus Robot Fighter, Ooh, Gold Key comics, Doctor Specter. Ah, some Boris Karloff um, tales of mystery in here, of course. We talked There's about covers. that on an earlier episode. Mm. Good gravy! Oh man, Red Circle Comics Group, which is. Um, I think it was an Archie comics offshoot where they did, um, some superheroes, but also some horror comics. This is one's called sorcery and geez, there's It's thick. My God,
1: it's thick. It's one of these beautiful bundles where there's like six issues in <sighs> one plastic bag.
2: Oh, an issue, issue number two of fear. Oh, um, an old Marvel comic anthology. It's super thick. It's probably like a hundred issue special. Jesus. That's probably got some dope old reprints in it. Um, my God. Oh, we got some coverless stuff. Gotta love the coverless stuff because these were like, you know, the old yeah. newspaper men would rip the covers off some, mail them in to get credit back for unsold mm. comics. But sometimes lucky kids got their hands on <laughs> right. the, uh, the guts. Still perfectly readable.
1: Just like old Dale underscore A and the spin magazines from Camelot Music. <laughs> oh God. Yeah.
2: F. Yeah. Attack of the Flying Gorillas is the first story in this one. This looks like a, a DC anthology title. Um, holy moly, Corey. This is awesome. It's another pack of coverless stuff. Uh, this is a House of Mystery issue. Wow. Man. Oh, and um, more Boris Karloff. Oh, and this. This is Mara's Women. This is a mini comic that I think Corey wow. put together. Um. But this is um, it's a zine based on one of my favorite cartoonists, Benjamin. Whoa, Um, Um, Amwat fame. So it's like, uh, yeah, Amwat. If you haven't read Omwat, get on that.
1: It's spectacular. If you listen to this show, you will probably love. Yeah, it's amazing. Almost one man war on terror, I think, is the. Yeah.
2: (laughs) And that doesn't even begin to describe what benjamin Marr gets across on a page yeah it, it's
1: yeah that guy's phenomenal it's, it's
2: exploitation but some of the funniest laugh aloud yeah. comics i've ever read in my life i don't know how he does it yeah so this looks like a just cool zine of his art uh looks like maybe sketchbook stuff um that Corey put together whoa and he sent us two copies so i'll forward on that's the so cool um man thank you so much for the pack of comics oh there's a note I gotta read this, sorry. Chuck and Dale, thanks for, for the entertaining podcast. Keep them coming. Enclosed are some old reader copies of some old horror mags I had lying around. I also put in two copies of my art scene, Mars Women. Have a great summer, and I hope to see y'all at the next Heroes Con, Corey. Yes, um, very much looking forward to Heroes Con 2021. Hopefully the world is in better shape and we yeah. can celebrate um again at Heroes Con someday. That should be, maybe that should be our, uh, our listener meetup.
1: Oh, wow. That's a great next, idea. next summer.
2: Yeah. Heroes con.
1: That would be we'll, great. I'll be vaccinated. You imagine. <laughs> yeah, facts, yeah.
2: We can rent some VFW. Basement, oh God. Or like a oh. church basement. Put up pictures of Bella Lugosi and Boris Karloff.
1: We could go in like, <laughs> yeah, they'd let us in beforehand. So we get set up. Yeah.
2: Blood red punch. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we could set the projector or like at least just put our iPad up on uh, you know on a table so we could play something. Corey, that's uh you're uh, very very kind. That's amazing of you to do that. Thank you for sending us that that bundle of goodies. That was really really sweet of you. Yeah. We got another voicemail here, Chuck. Let me uh fire it up. I think it's Bloodbeat related.
3: Guys, uh Lucas from Oregon? I watched Bloodbeat last night. So good, such a gem I, it made me so happy i uh even without the samurai stuff, boy, the hunting scene was amazing. I could watch a whole movie of just that family hanging out, and the weird brother and the happy dad oh, so good, and video violence I watched last week, but guys i can 't thank you enough, the show's making me so happy i uh I have a couple of recommendations of my own, if you're interested. Uh, the 1989 uh, The Intruder, if you haven't seen, uh, directed by Scott Spiegel, who was like the co-writer of uh, Evil Dead 2, and Bruce Campbell and Sam Raimi even play parts in this. Um, and it's a horror movie that's set in a grocery store after hours, and it's the best. It's one of my favorite genres is, hey, we have a setting – Let's make a movie there. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Uh, The other one is um, The Visitor from 1979. You could tell the producers that, hey, Star Wars is popular and Exorcist is popular. Let's put them together. They have (laughs) this uh, Obi-Wan alien hero that comes to Earth to stop a demonic child, and it has all this surreal imagery. It's (laughs) pretty good. Anyway, guys, love the podcast. Uh, Thanks so much. Keep it up.
1: Wow. That was Lucas Lucas from Oregon.
2: Lucas. Lucas sounds familiar to me, but I don't I don't think we've don't ever know. met. But his voice but maybe. I used to do a lot of conventions. Maybe I met Lucas in uh another Chuck. time.
1: What a great what a great voice. Oh, I uh, just got um note from the intern. Lucas sounds like a friend. What? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Yeah. He just sounds like a friend. That was my joke. He does
2: sound like a friend. <laughs> but he's got a voice I can't put my finger on. It's probably someone else I know that sounds like. But
1: Lucas, thank you. Gee whiz. Lucas, thanks for watching along. Uh, that's very amazing that you watch Bloodbeat and Video Violence along with us. I know. The Intruder. I, I remember, um, I think uh, Bruce Campbell in his first book, Hail to the Chin, he talks mm-hmm. about The Intruder a little bit.
2: Wow. Man, I read that probably when it came out. Did you? And I don't remember a oh. damn thing about
1: it. I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I read I it. I listen to the audio book <laughs> like once a year. I re-listen to it. Yeah, really? just to refresh my memory. Wow. I really like that book and I like that he reads it on audio form. Yeah. And, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. When his, no, If Chins Could Kill is the first book. I apologize. And Hail yeah. to the Chin is okay. his second book. And um, he was like on a book tour for uh, uh, you know autographs and stuff. So um, mm-hmm. I was living in Jersey at the time and he was at the um, Barnes and Noble in Philadelphia. So I went and I after yes. work, I stood in line with my, uh, to get my copy. And I was like, oh my God, this is Bruce Campbell. So I got like a picture of him stand while I was standing in line, and then, you know, I got up, I had, like, all this dumb shit I was gonna say to Bruce Campbell, <laughs> like, my king, yeah. King Bruce, and, uh, you know, I was like, yeah, could you just, you know, make it out to Dale, and he's just like, he just just like, yeah, we're not doing that this tour. He's like, yeah, we're not doing that this tour, and he, like, oh, signed his man. name, and he flung the book across the table at me. Uh, you know, oh. everybody has their, you know, guy's been signing books all day for yeah. months, right, but... Yeah. I was like, so much for my one interaction for Bruce, with Bruce Campbell. <sighs>
2: but that's tough. Yeah. That's tough, you know. When you idolize someone and you just have like a
1: get them at <laughs> yeah, an off time. Yeah, exactly. or, you know, whatever. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Uh, but anyway, I still love Bruce Campbell and uh, that's. But yeah,
2: he's still still Briscoe County Junior. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, always
1: and forever. <laughs> and Scott Spiegel. You ever have to check out that intruder? Putting that on the list.
2: Yeah. I got to see that. And the, what was the other one? Visitor. I think I remember watching the trailer for that one. I never saw that. That one looks pretty bonkers.
1: Mm. Um, yeah. Maybe we should put that on the list. Yeah. Going to do that. Man. And that's it. Oh, uh, yeah. Lucas, thank you awesome. so much. That's very sweet of you for sending the voicemail. We really appreciate that. And your feedback is uh, very special to us. Thank you.
2: Yeah. Thank you for your uh, spirit, Lucas. Um, makes me want to keep doing this for a yeah. long time. No, and you're out there listening. Um, and in other news, I this is this was not I paid for this, um, but there's a cartoonist um named Tim Goodyear, who is uh I think he's he's from Portland, Oregon. And he just put out a new zine that is um his reviews of all the maniac maniac cop movies. Check um, out that zine, I love it. Sorry, I don't know if you can see this, yeah. Um, So it's, oh, the cover is, is his maniac review. And then the inside is all is maniac cop one, two, and three. So he does like, he'll do drawings of like the posters and other scenes. And then he'll write, you know, hand letter, his like little review and like who made the movie and stuff. Um, And if, I mean, if you like this sort of thing, Tim put out a whole huge book of this stuff. Um, Really? uh yeah it's i'm trying to get the
1: title up
2: because i i thought i had it up here dang it oh yeah um it's called video tonfa t-o-n-f-a um by tim goodyear and it it came out a couple years ago but it's 608 pages and it's all reviews of of the movies we
1: watch that's amazing
2: (laughs) yeah it's it's a really cool book um and and Tim's also like a small publisher. He runs Teenage Dinosaur, which has been around for years and years, um just publishing mini comics by cool people. Um but yeah, uh Floating World Comics put out Video Tomfa and it's still for sale on their site and I would oh highly my God, recommend you. I love you, it. I'm uh, looking at it now. You get it.
1: Yeah. Illage video. Yeah, I have a
2: Yeah, I have a uh, I also got a shirt See, I, I would recommend following Tim on Instagram because he dropped, like the zine was just like, he put up a post on Instagram like, hey, send me $2 by PayPal and I'll send you this, mm-hmm. you know. And I also got uh, a hand-drawn Sylvester Stallone Cobra shirt. That what? He printed, which is a prized possession of mine. Um, yeah, Tim's a cool guy. And yeah, you should check out his stuff. Every 30 seconds.
1: <laughs> there's a robbery. <laughs> I'm cry. You is there a way
2: we can watch Cobra for this? Cobra's kind of a slasher.
1: It just happens to uh have somebody on the slasher's tail the
2: entire no. time. It's a it's it is a Hollywood movie though, so it would be but whatever. Whatever.
1: I think if we angle we if we make a good enough angle, Chuck, it's our we it's can our do what show. we want. Yeah. Sure. Yeah.
2: Um yeah, that's it for my mailbag. Um Man, what a show, Chuck! What a show.
1: Um. Yeah. So. Yeah. Everybody, thank you. Uh, BattenSpiderPod at Gmail dot com. We have that email. Uh. We already. We have a phone number, three one five five four four zero nine six six, and you can get in on the action, as well. Yeah. Um. But anyway, that was tenth, tenth episode down, Chuck of Bat and Spider. Oh, I got to pick what we're going to watch number
2: 11th. I almost forgot. So, yeah. So, I am doing a little, um, let's say a little, I don't know if this is a tit for tat, but our, (laughs) our friends over at 70 Millimeter, their next show is on that summer blockbuster classic Jaws from 1975. Favorite movie of mine. Love Jaws to death. So, in that spirit, I'm picking a movie that was probably created in the wake of Jaws to cash in on that killer mm. sea animal energy. I want to watch 1977's Orca, the Killer Whale.
1: What do you think of that, Dale? Wow. Yes. <laughs> I am in.
2: I've never seen Orca. I remember... I remembered Seeing the box, like probably in the video store, yeah. Um, and I was just like, "Eh, it's a Jaws ripoff. Who cares?" But who knows? Who knows? As we know in this show, who the hell knows?
1: I've seen, I've seen Orca. It's been many, many, many years since seeing Orca, mm. but uh, I mean, I'm not gonna watch. I'm not not gonna watch Orca. Uh, nah.
2: Listen to this cast, though: Richard Harris, mm-hmm. Charlotte Rampling, Bo Derek. Robert Carradine? You got one of the Carradine brothers in here?
1: Say. Unbelievable. I'm excited. Does it say which orca is uh, played the titular (laughs) killer whale? Who plays orca? I don't know. Oh, maybe it's Peter Hooten. Ah, Peter Hooten the whale. (laughs) Nice. So, yeah. Next episode, orca. Take that, 70 millimeter. And if you want to watch along,
2: it's like, it's streaming. You can rent it any anywhere you rent movies. This one's going to be easy to find. Um, so, yeah. A couple bucks, you'll be able to watch it. It goes without saying, we love Jaws here at Bad Spider. Absolutely. We love
1: Jaws. Oh, I big time. I love that damn movie. Whew. All the love. I love, it. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Jaws is, you know, just yeah. all on both sides of the table here, Chuck. Yeah all right
2: dale thank you so much thank you chuck i'll see you next week yeah um i'm gonna miss you but yeah it's never too long
1: chuck i'm gonna miss you too
2: then i can't wait
1: um i wish you well you two man stay sane okay
2: The theme song was created by Toby Forsman of Whipsong Music. Find out more at whipsongmusic.com.